and one and two and a. What's up, my pimps, hoes, faggots, and negroes? Welcome to Nigga News. I'm your host with the most nigga, Othello X. Please join me as I dive into the deepest, darkest, and most nigger-filled corners of the interwebs. All right, Chuck, thanks. Let's talk more about a growing support of Minneapolis for dismantling the city's police department following the death of George Floyd. This idea is not a new one. It's already happened in New Jersey. Back in 2013, Camden did just that with a renewed focus on community service. News Force Chris Glorioso is in Camden tonight with how things have changed over the past seven years. With so much talk of defunding or disbanding police departments, people might be surprised to know it happened right here in New Jersey. And now lots of folks are asking, has the experiment in Camden worked? Tell me about it, Chuck. At the height of the unrest in New York and Philadelphia, police vehicles were burned. Smash-and-grab looters took advantage. But that didn't happen in Camden, New Jersey, while other cities boiled over. Can you believe it, Chuck? These Negroes are actually walking peacefully. Here, the police chief marched with the protesters. Amongst the niggers? Chuck, is that right? Can we get confirmation on that fact? Our officers are guardians. They're not warriors. And Camden County freeholders. Not warriors. Wow. That's the mentality we have to drilling to these white men with guns. The director, Louis Capelli, says the relative harmony between police and community is a result of Camden taking a radical step seven years ago. Dis now, now, listen, listen, listen. When I was a police officer past 30, 30 years, three decades, I found myself shooting many a Negro in the back, in the face, sometimes in the womb. All of these times, I thought, myself I was doing my job and I was as I rose through the ranks of the Camden New Jersey police force banding its city police tearing up union contracts and replacing the department with a larger county police force more focused on neighborhood patrol and respect the difference is significant uh, we now have three times you tell me I gotta what these niggas I'm as many officers on the street we have a model of community policing uh, that was formed with the input of the residents of the city, and we have a much safer city. Camden's community policing model has drawn praise even from former President Barack Obama, but even so, some Camden residents... I, I heard about Camden. What they're doing over there? It's in Michelle. It's good. Gotta stop shooting niggas. Um, so, uh, yep. Fuck with that. Fear the good press has gotten ahead of itself. Longtime activists Pastor Amir Khan and Kevin Benson say when they disbanded the city police and replaced it with county cops, the police force became more white. The Camden City Police Department had what the Camden County Police Department has now. It would have been just as successful, and you wouldn't have had most of the individuals coming from the outside. Camden City Police Force was a lot of community people. My dog, what are you saying? You're coming at me with a lot of energy right now, a lot of cop energy. Black and brown, it was people who looked like me. But now what you have is you have uh, a new police force, which is majority white. Oh, They're fuck that shit then. Resentment about the police being taken over, the residents did not want that. But even I didn't some want that, critics nigga. applaud Camden police for being receptive to community dialogue. Nonetheless, this weekend, some protesters asked the police to step aside step down, and niggas. not march with them, giving them space for their own demonstration. We trying to kill y'all. <laughs> Are you next to me? The, organizers. the first protest in Camden, uh, it felt, it felt too, 
like a symbol or something. Uh, it felt like a symbol or something. Okay, brother, get it, get your words out. To stage at the end. To stage, and then they cut it off. Yo, white man, really? Of this weekend's demonstration really? in Camden, leaders of the protest handed police leaders a list of demands, and like in many other cities, stop shooting us, please. One of those demands was to divert more police budgetary funds to social programs for people of color. You know, those colors do love their socials. Back to you, Karen. Reporting from Camden, Chris Glorioso, News 4. Thanks, Chris. And in other news, Jimmy Kimmel was um, canceled recently for using the N-word in a 1996 Snoop Dogg invitation, uh, imitation, um, a family Christmas in your ass. Um, I'm guessing this is a greatest hits collection of some sort. Uh, let's hear it, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Well, bust it down. Yeah, it's me, the motherfucking D.O.G. With some shit about the baby double Back in the day in the Bentley hood. That shit was all good. Wow, Jimmy. was holy, moly. The Virgin Mary was rolling, poly, poly. Bringing gifts and shit for baby boo in the hay. Word, the evil king was on their ass. They niggas in the manger. They shit and got the fuck out fast. Yeah. So now my homie Dr. Dre and me we celebrate Christmas time in the LBC. Oh my god. Well, the LBC. I got a gift on your ass. What did you get me? Motherfucker. Wow. I'm truly offended by this. I'm not. This is this is a work of art. This is a a white man choosing to take the word nigga, nigger, nigga, and, um, you know, just reflecting upon it um, in the 21st century and what it means um, to put on blackface, on wax. Honestly, this is artsy, yo. Like, and Jimmy's a comedian. Are we going to start canceling comedians for shit they said in the 90s? Come on, my nigga. It's out of control. That was balling, though. Thanks, bro. I'm so glad Nigga News is doing music again. Um, we've got some tech-ass niggas here now. Thank you, Marquise Brownlee. Brownface, nigga. What's up, guys? Marquez <laughs> here. Mark Marquez? Wait, what was, was his name? What do you say? What's up, guys? Marquez here. Marquez, tech-ass nigga. Y'all know this nigga. First of all. I've wrestled with like what to even say about any of all of this. I mean, there's so much going on right now. <laughs> oh my God, bro. Bro, you're born in 2000. The global pandemic, of course. Um, the chaos and leadership in this country. And of course, the, the protests going on about police brutality against black people. And, and listen, I just want you guys to know the new iWatch is available now for $14.99. Uh, um, that's like a thousand. Uh, for you niggers who can't read, don't do math, and... In America. It's a lot. Um, I was inspired to at least share this um, by Neil deGrasse Tyson and his post of the same name, so I'll link it below. Go read it. It's really good. Uh, the, uh, t 
title of this piece of his from Marquez is reflecting on the color of my skin. It's thoughtful and it sheds a lot of light on his experience. Um, Neil deGrasse got a white woman. Don't mention him to me, nigga. I read it because I, I was curious about his experience and I feel like uh, it inspired me to, to share. Talk about that space, nigga, to me, nigga. With your tech ass. Share my experience just because. Come review some shit, nigga. Might be useful. The fuck for you the talking same about, Marquez? So first of all, I'm a tech YouTuber. I make videos about tech. About tech, nigga. I've been doing this. You review that shit. We make that shit, nigga. Since I was 15 years old, so. Nigga, I've been trapping to South 15, nigga. Like. I'm selling crack to South 9, the, nigga. The bedroom of my parents' house. And I've been lucky enough to. I don't even got a bedroom, nigga. Be able to turn this thing that I love to do into a job. But of course, as I've done this. I ain't even got a job, nigga. And as I've built this for the past decade plus, it's come with all sorts of unintentional consequences and, and new things that go with it, whether it's hiring decisions or management decisions or ethics questions, just a whole bunch of other things come with being able to make that your job. But also if we just rewind the clock back before, you know, before I even started any of this, before the videos and all that stuff. Before the uh, fame. Um, I've been lucky enough to have amazing parents that- I didn't even have no parents, nigga. Supported me and encouraged me to try new things and experiment to find the things I like. Mama told me I wouldn't be shit, nigga. And then would support when I would latch onto things. And for me, none of these things started with anything to do with the color of my skin. It was, it was luckily literally just things I was super interested in. And the longer I'd stayed in these things and the more I'd got rooted in these communities and these activities, the more it would start to come up. So for context, I've been an avid golfer since I was 10 years old. Uh, I've been an ultimate Frisbee player since before high school. Golf? You had golf clubs, Marquez? At a professional and club level, and I'm a tech YouTuber. I make videos. So it was- You could afford tech, nigga? It was an escape, basically, to be able to- Yo, am I done with this? Am I done with you? To bury myself in my work and, and these activities as a way to like isolate myself from no no there's some sort of climax that this some sort of ultimate bullshit this nigga's gonna get to we'll, we'll just for the content for the content I'm gonna keep listening all the rest of what was going on around in the world because at the end of the day as soon as it's over as soon as I leave as soon as I drive home as soon as I'm driving it snaps you back to reality where like you could be pulled over for nothing basically, or cause we don't see that type of car around here or just anything stupid that would sort of bring you back to that frustrated place. I have stories about encounters with the police. My friends have stories, but at the same time, I have police officers in my family and I know police officers who are also frustrated with all the same stuff that's going on. But the point is things are different. First of all, I'm not a 15 year old anymore. I'm an adult. You big ass nigga. And Second, I, I have this platform now where, you know, and there are plenty of others like me that also have a platform where they can share and express support for what they believe in. Damn, this is coming off reasonable and balanced and shit. I was ready to and, hate. And whether it's these issues or any issues that pertain to what they believe in. And with that, there's always the, the I was stay in your lane, stick to tech people. You always see that where it's like, okay. Stay in your lane, nigga. I get it. Like <laughs> that's what I was saying. Oh my god! I always say my first rule is oh my god. when picking up. I was one of those people. Role model, 
I have a very narrow definition of what I look up to someone for, and it's for what they're good at. So when I was playing golf, for example, I looked up to Tiger Woods, the golfer, you know, and I, I not the nigger. Looked up to Thanks, Kobe Marquez. Bryant, the competitor. But it gets to a certain point where the black silence, or just where we're not speaking up for the issues that are plaguing our community, feels worse. Yo, Marquez, nigga. I was clowning Yo, your what's ass. What's up, y'all? Can I get a like, please? What's up, y'all? This is Ed Lover from Hot 97. How y'all doing, all right? Yo, chill out, chill out. Yo, hold on. This is my nigga Nas, and we both got one thing in common. We both, we both represent Queens to the fullest. All right? Now, this brother was good enough to stop his show in the middle of the show, and I want everybody in here, every in here, everybody stand up on their feet first and foremost, please. No, don't make no noise. Every brother in here, please take your hat off at 7.03 p.m. New York time, 4.03 p.m. Las Vegas time, Tupac Shakur passed away, y'all. Give me a moment of silence. Now, everybody out there that listen to Hot 97 probably heard about some beef Tupac got with Nas or whatever, with my beef, whatever. It takes a big motherfucker to stop the Miller hit. Okay? So we can recognize a brother that was part of the hip hop culture that passed away. I don't give a f what Tupac ever said on the record, no matter what, he didn't deserve to die that way. When the, h when the f are we gonna stop this bull and start loving one another? Don't believe the hype. There wasn't no East Coast, West Coast bullshit. It was some internal LA shit that took this brother out. Can we have a moment of silence for the memory of one of the greatest rappers that will ever live, Tupac Shakur? Come on now, follow my lead. Come on now, follow my lead. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you. Put your pull like a magnet. That one heart is falling into. I'm in love with your body. Last night you were in my there were many powerful states that existed throughout African history, but perhaps the most noteworthy in the ancient world was the Kingdom of Kush. Kush was well known for its military strength. Yo, the Kingdom of Kush? This is not what I thought this video was. And the Egyptians even praised them for their skilled archers. They praised Kush? Given this history, this is not what I thought this video was. Let's take a look at the history of the Kushites and assess <laughs> the Kushites? just how powerful they really were. <laughs> this shit was dank, nigga. <laughs> this shit's in my brain, nigga. What up, African world? It's Home Samir, and welcome back to good, another video dude. of African history, culture, and worldview. By supporting this channel on Patreon, you're helping in the creation of these videos Nigga. and supporting this content. Nigga, if you'd like access to full courses no. and oh, peace, understand them today became popular as they began making a name for themselves because of the consistent threat they posed to Egypt. Yo, God, rebind. Nubia is just a general place name for the ancient region just south of Egypt. There were many groups of Africans living in that region who formed their own kingdoms and principalities. The Kushites as we understand them today became popular as they began making a name for themselves because of the consistent threat 
they posed to Egypt. Make no mistake about it, the reason the Egyptians at times spoke harshly about Cush was because the Cushites were they, they had them Reggies, that's why they hate him. If we take the entire history of interaction between Egypt and Cush, we will see that both groups of Africans held sway over the other at some point in time. And in my opinion, Cush was able to outlast Egypt by maintaining its sovereignty. Nigga, I got Cush right here, for sure. So, one has to ask themselves, just how powerful was Cush? Before, <laughs> before ancient Cush became known as a kingdom, there were that dang shit. several kingdoms before it, like the kingdom of Kerma and even the Sai kingdom. One thing that gave Egypt the early military advantage over the people of Nubia was because they simply unified the region before the Nubians. King Norma became the first pharaoh of a unified Egypt, thus creating a more centralized culture and civilization. Yawn. This nigga educated me and shit. Three signs to know nigga about to eat a freestyle. Notice how we already know this man is about to eat. Why you ask? Take note of his location. This man is in a car. Most niggas that freestyle in a car have a higher chance of spitting fire. I'm not really sure why, but try this at home. Freestyle in your house and then freestyle in your car. If you're still garbage in the car, then you probably should stop rapping <laughs> because you are trash. You trash, nigga. Somebody hurry, pause the camera right there. I'm trying to tell y'all that this man is about to spit some heat. He's not looking at the camera. Most of the time before niggas spit fire, they don't look at the camera until it's time to spit the bar. <laughs> That's true. That's classic. Ooh, this beat yeah. hard. Hold up. Do y'all hear that beat? Let's replay this that. This beat hard, nigga. Let's Why you hate it? One more time. Yeah. One more time for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this nigga a clown. Do you excuse my language? Yo, I want to hear this freestyle, beat. though. That is Ether by Nas. For those of you who don't know what Ether is, you don't listen to rap. You don't listen to rap. A background for you niggas who don't know rap. Y'all know rap. Yo, play this nigga freestyle, either. though. And their beef. So if you're going to get on Ether, please destroy any nigga that you are talking about. Or simply eat the bead. Listen. Wow, you didn't even give that nigga a shot. We didn't know if he was fire or not. I'll just spit some things. I love a moment. The dim look that everybody was giving us. Even I asked you in the locker room, I asked everybody, you know, what was the feeling back in Chicago? Did it did it write us off? I'll erase you here. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Michael Kong, eh? Hey, listen, at least we weren't walking around with dual discs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, well, like, well, first of all, nobody, nobody... That shit was dope. I stopped watching Yu-Gi-Oh! after the first season. Like, like, I didn't watch that dual disc shit. That shit was whack, too. That was the best one! Niggas walking around with disposable plates on their damn forearm. I don't care. Whatever. Season two is the best season. <laughs> yeah. The Egyptian God card was. It started getting too mystical and like it started moving away from the card game. I felt like. Nigga, it goes to Egypt. Would you? Nigga, that's our heritage. Yeah. Damn. 
In the United States, we could face a national water shortage oh, in no. a little more than 50 years. Don't it's worry. little water-saving measures, fixing that leaky faucet. That's why we'll rob Canada of their Or just resources. not pre-rinsing our dishes. That can help make a huge difference. Those Canadians won't resist. We have to start thinking about water differently. These divers search for slave shipwrecks and discover their ancient ancestors. The Slave Wrecks Project is an international network of researchers and institutions hosted by the National Museum of African American History and Culture. I am a light in the bottom of the ocean. Buried in the silence of years. I am the lights of the spirits. Hmm. I'm getting the chills. Who are these Negroes? Hip hip. Yep, yep. I often think of the Middle Passage as the origin story for okay. Africans in the Americas. Origin story? That's fucking horrific. <laughs> fucking horrific origin story. <laughs> during that transatlantic slave trade period. We know there were tens of Do we get special powers? Do we get special powers, Thousands of ships that traverse the Atlantic. We estimate that there are 12.5 million people who were taken from Africa. 12.5 million. was to make as much money or profit as possible. Often as many as 600 people would be chained together and put in the bottom of a cargo hold of a ship. People suffered from starvation and illness. There were sharks that followed the ships because of blood that was in the water from people they threw overboard. When you're trying to engage in the subject of slavery, there are no easy conversations. The work is in the attempt to, to tell the truth, to confront, to help people reckon with this history. Okay, I know all this though. When do we get to the divers? Africans okay. who live in various countries in Africa don't think of themselves as black. That's an outside observation. Before people boarded, those ships, they belong to this ethnic group. Ooh, that was deep, girl. Or this tribe. That's when this thing called Black was born. Where do we put our sorrow? You are saying I am a nigga. Where do we reconcile Not a our human. Where do we reconnect with our heritage? All of us look forward to- Is this the origin story to this doc? Touchstone. Generations later, there are people who are descended from the continent and they can go back and touch these historic sites. Yeah, but they don't know which one it is belong to where. Underwater. Y'all rootless. Y'all rootless slave niggas. There were some 12,000 slave ships involved in the trade. So it's a tremendous amount of work. I was just hating. Y'all want to come join us and die with a purpose? Content. Content. <laughs> 
I was living in DC and the Museum of African American History and Culture had opened. And at the very bottom of it, it has artifacts from oh. a ship. Oh, listen, y'all niggas can pack in just like your ancestors did. Come on, get in this box here. Now, don't forget to shit on each other and piss. They were part of the larger story that I was getting. And then I make it to the second floor. There was this picture, and I go to read the plaque about it, and it says it's this group called Diving with yeah. a Purpose. Okay. And this is a part of the Slave Wrecks Project, which is a larger collaboration of partners who are dedicated to finding these slave ships around the world. Then I see the name of this guy, Ken Stewart. Whoa, this is ballin'. So I used to go diving. We would get on the boat, and the folks on the boat wouldn't buddy up with me. Listen, nigga, it's not that you a nigga or something, but I just don't believe that you is gonna swim. It's what they used to tell me. And I like, I didn't, I guess I'll go myself. My assumption is, is because I was black. No shit, Raynard. It happened several times, and I didn't know really what to do. I I'm like, is this nigga's racist, or is this just my black ass? Cause what's happening out here? <laughs> then I found out about Dr. Jones, and the rest is history. Oh shit, you a swimming nigga? We gonna have use for you, boy. We gonna have many use for you. A lot of people consider me to be the dean of African-American divers. And I learned to dive. Not a lot of niggas can swim my day. Not a lot of niggas have boats in my day. Let me tell you what. I've been a military. My first official dive was 1951. Dr. Jones is truly one of the greatest black men I have ever met. And he likes skin, so, you know, a few times out on that boat, we didn't have no bitches around, so, you know, I had to do what to do, what to do, what to do. <laughs> well, when I came back yeah, from the military, there were people who had heard about diving, but they didn't know how to do it. Nigga, you said we gonna jump in water willingly with all that fish and shit, nigga, come on. One by one, people started contacting me. So I said, well, let's form a club. These people were intent on telling their own stories. And I thought the human journey of Africans in the Americas has not been told from this lens anywhere. Now, first, some two archaeologists came in. We've never found a group of uh, educated, well-spoken Negroes who could swim and own boats. To give a talk on a Henrietta Marie slave ship. Well, once we saw the shackles, it really upset the people. We decided we were going to put a plaque down on, on the Henrietta Marie. Now, I've made over 6,000 dives. That was one of the most memorable dives I had because it was like diving on a grave site. Mm, 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 mm. You do feel like you're visiting the souls of your ancestors when you're down there. It's just difficult to explain the, the feeling. Rob, is that your black ass, nigga? He's still over here, Dollar. Come on, man. <laughs> Sorrow, uh, anger, uh, disgust, and you feel a sort of feeling of helplessness. We said, you know, we need to go out and find these slave ships. Mm. I understand. Then we got lucky. And at Ken Stewart, we met Brenda Lazendorf, who was an archaeologist. This nigga like, 
Moby Dick and niggas of the sea. Out here. Key Biscayne State Park. She needed divers. We had divers. We had black said, divers. I will train you guys to do this work if you would help me map these ships. Listen, niggas. This is going to be an exchange. Your labor for my whiteness, all right? And listen, you get to go on a ship, so... Should just be like your ancestors. Whoa, she buzzing. Says, you know, I'm the lone diver here in the park, and you know, as a diver, you can't dive alone. Mid. Her and Ken were these visionaries for this program. After a few years, you know, of uh, under her instruction tutelage, she said, "Okay, now it's your turn. I'm gonna sit back a little bit. I'm gonna kick my feet back, and y'all niggas do what it do." She said that we. This is a plantation on water. Yes, sir. Not to keep this program to ourselves. You have to train other people. Y'all niggas teach There's each other to read. In the interest and study of the African diaspora and of our past. But there's not real space made for people who actually look like us. Especially underwater, girl. I never seen a nigga in Atlantis. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Uncle Lad. Uncle Lad, though. That nigga needed more screen time. Teen Titans. Yo, y'all start a petition for me to be Aqualad. This lens of people who are descendant from Africa is crucially important because these are stories that have not been told. Right. And I haven't been wanting to tell them as a white man myself, you understand? I'm not trying to hear that shit. <laughs> when presented with this opportunity to expand my impact, create pathways for students. It seemed like a no brainer. Girl, let me expand your impact. It's like, okay, so how are we gonna get these kids in the water? <laughs> Yo, that's exactly what the white man said. <laughs> attention to everybody, attention on deck. Make sure that you're close to and with your buddy. We have an hour trip to the dive site. You will be getting a briefing. And before you get into the water, I'll be recording your time in. So what we're doing out here on this very beautiful day, we have what we call some underwater archaeology advocates. What we teach here is the basic principles of how to document a shipwreck, how to do measurements underwater, basic mapping techniques. We it's are true training them to be able to go into uh, a wrecked shipwreck landscape and begin the initial process of gathering data. So we do maritime archaeology, which enabled us to uncover the Sao Jose. The Sao Jose is a slave ship that starts in Lisbon, travels to Mozambique, picks up captive Africans to sell them into enslavement in Brazil. The ship goes. I'm no black. I'm no black. I, I just like eating a little, you know, a little down picante, you just know? off the coast of South Africa. Me no negro. Me no negro. What we're doing here is helping to tell a story on human scale, a story about a ship and the 512 people who were enslaved aboard that ship. And most importantly, the whites who owned that ship. And the search 
in all its levels for and around the ship creates deep connections. I do recall very distinctively when I first encountered the wreckage of the South Susanna. I said, shit, Grandma, is that you? Being in the water for me. She said, nigga, about time. It can become very, very meditative and quiet and beautiful. But when that beauty sort of encapsulated uh, a slave shipwreck, you know, there's another sort of feeling you get. Erect. And I just remember seeing that, that wreckage there. And so I approached the wood and I reached out and grabbed it and touched it. Damn you, white man! And whatever you want to call it, I could feel the vibration, the energy, and the pain, and the suffering, and the horror. It's like I kind of close my eyes and I can audibly hear the, the agony and the scream. I closed my eyes and all I could think was to say inside my head, we never forgot about you. We came looking for you and we found you. A little late though, but it's all good, you know, we ain't mad, we ain't tripping. We like to go back to those people, that particular ethnic group, and tell them that we found their ancestors. Listen niggas, we found a few other niggas. Just wanted you to know. Over. In Mozambique Island, we met a gentleman. He is a member of the Makua tribe. And he gave to us a cowrie shelled encased basket. Inside that basket, he had put soil. And that soil came from the site that was the last footfall of people on the African continent before being Order to ships. We will always remember your niggas, oh, who could not run as fast as us. He asked us to take the soil and to bring it as close as possible to the wreck. That was an opportunity for healing, and that was an opportunity. Yo, all these theatrics getting fed some starving Africans or some. Little monkeys in Chirac? Come on now. ...that was symbolic because it connects the Americas, it connects South Africa, it connects Mozambique, and it connects it to the now and to the past. Okay, this is like Titanic, except we're all slaves still. So beautiful. <laughs> now, what happens when you take that sense of adventure and you pair it with social responsibility? That's when sparks fly. So right now, we are going to And that's when Negroes fly. I thank you so much for joining me on this revacious episode of Nigga News. Please keep it locked. Don't Google if that's a real word or not. This has been Othello X. Um, bye.